Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Here we are, RGM podcast time. Welcome, everybody. And today we have a, a really, really, really interesting chat with Lucy May Walker coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you might have known or seen Lucy about on the social. Lucy is the girl that shared uh, some uh, a gig etiquette post that went viral online and produced a... <laughs> a landslide of um, you know repo- retweets comments loads of different types of nice good bad comments online bless her um, after posted about gig etiquette and her experiences of being within the grassroots music industry ladies and gentlemen so what better what better place to to talk about it than here at the RGM Experience Podcast. It's what we do. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode with me, Carl Maloney, that guy from RGM. How are you doing, Yanni? Really, really fascinating chat with Lucy. I right like this lass. Uh, we got to learn all about her, you know, how she got into music, moving down to London, starting a music career, how difficult that can be. Getting out there in the world being cheeky online basically creating a buzz around herself through being cheeky messaging Jeremy Vine we talk about getting played on Radio 2 on the back of it loads of tips here for people that are, if you're in a band listening to, to it too she was on uh, ITV Good Morning Breakfast News with Rowetta and she, she gave some real insight to uh, how difficult that experience was for her personally and uh, some behind the behind the scenes stuff as well which was fascinating that you, you're going to re- really really enjoy above all of that though she's a talent she's a feisty one I like her uh, she's not afraid to put herself out of the comfort zone that I admire the most and she's got some great music out as well and she's just off to South Korea in a bit that we talk about. So she's actually going. She'll be there now as this podcast comes out. So we've got a juicy one today, ladies and gentlemen. So just before we introduce you to Lucy, uh, this week's been, uh, you know, it's quite slow at the minute with releases and stuff like that on the on, on the old RGM. We've not brought out as much content as what we usually do this week, purely because... Um, we're building, uh, it, it looks like there's loads of releases coming up over the next few days. So it's just been, it's been a little bit quieter than usual, but you know, peaks and troughs and all that kind of stuff. We've had a more, a bit of an international flavour to what's been going on on the RGM this week. Right, loads of artists and interviews from people in New Zealand, America, Australia. Uh, we just had a submission from Japan that's coming, that's going to be out soon. So, so much going on out there in the world, away from our little isle of UK, which I bloody love. I think it's fantastic. So, as always, ladies and gentlemen, uh, RGM, we're here to stay. We do things differently here at RGM. Uh, 
and we're here to support the little guys telling their story within the grassroots music industry and what a story this podcast uh, unravels me personally I've I've been doing some of that uh, intermittent fasting stuff Um, and I recorded this nearly 20 hours into a fast I was a bit jittery took me a little bit of while to settle in myself personally I, just, I could feel myself being a bit, little bit you know not like proper like tunneled in um, and that comes across at the beginning of the interview with me you know I'm not I don't feel sharp like I do sometimes but hey ho uh, I don't even know if fasting works but I'm giving it a go it's good for bloating and all that kind of stuff re-energises yourself so yeah that's uh <laughs> little insight to my week this week it's been a it's been a strange one it's been a, it's been a long week but we've got a new week ahead of us exciting things happening here at rgm and when i say exciting things i just mean you know delving into this music industry that fascinates me each and every day so yeah if you're in a band you can contact us on the submission form if you just want to have a chat you can email me at carl at rgm.press if you have to help any kind of help and support tag us on the socials do all those great things that we enjoy you doing so that's the uh, rgm spiel out of the way have i teased you enough with what lucy's going to be talking about well stay tuned ladies and gentlemen she's coming up right now all those things plus much more ladies and gentlemen i want to introduce you to the very feisty and adorable lucy may walker take it away mate Woo-hoo. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen you on telly and that, so I thought, oh, I must have a t- must have a chat with Lucy. You know, a lot of things to talk about, I suppose. Yeah, well done for getting in there quickly. It was like, <laughs> right, come on. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us today. You know, people will might have seen a bit of a hullabaloo on the internet about gig etiquette and that kind of stuff. And and I completely get it. You know, I, I put gigs on and I've seen particularly acoustic acts really struggle sometimes with certain audiences when they're at gigs and that kind of stuff. But we're going to come to all of that in a bit. I want to get to know you a bit more, Lucy, if that's all right. Okay, I mean. yeah. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, so... So where, 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 if anybody, I can't speak, if anybody doesn't know who you are, Lucy, introduce yourself for us, for the RGM people. So I am called Lucy May Walker. Um, I am a singer-songwriter. I would say folky pop. I think it's just okay. pop, but the right. world of pop is so big that I yeah. just stick folk in it. So, you know, I play guitar. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, singer-songwriter, based in London. Um, and I've been doing music for about, eight nine years now yeah and are you from are you from london originally no i'm from worcestershire and near birmingham ah okay i always get i always struggle with the shires (laughs) if if it's not yorkshire then i I kind of think where all these shires down south there's loads of them in there i'm not very good with my shires geography so that's near birmingham i'm from the midlands from the midlands rightio rightio brilliant okay um so how what was lucy like as a young little kid before mu- before music, uh, you know, took you in a certain path in life. Talk us through you as a young lass. Um, people don't believe this, but I was really shy, um, mm. like like painfully shy. When you mm. look back, I just I hate shyness. I think it's so it it kind of stops you from doing things. Mm. Um, just so you and you're just like what well, I didn't do loads of things just in case I got a bit embarrassed. It's just yeah. crazy to me now because I've. I'm not really shy at all, but um, I was very shy. 
um until and I did music and everything I did um I did ballet and tap nice. and all of that um growing up as uh, as a kid so I guess that was it was more dancing as a child and then um I went to college uh, I think this is where I kind of lost my shyness because mm. all of uh, my friends at school were staying on to sixth form mm. And uh, I wanted to do performing arts and my school stopped doing the course. So I knew I had to go to college, yeah. um, which was terrifying for me um, as someone who was so shy and, mm. you know, didn't really put them put themselves out there. But um, I think that was a real turning point for me to kind of, I knew I had to go out of my comfort zone to do mm. what I love. Um, so yeah, I did performing arts at college. Then I went on to do performing arts at um, university in mm. Cumbria, in Carlisle, oh, lovely place in the yeah. world. Um, and then after uni, I moved to London um, to do music. So I didn't really kind of, I wish, well, I don't know, no regrets and all of that. But like, mm. I do feel like if I went back, I should have probably started music in my hometown and build a career there and then moved. Okay. rather than moving to london and starting music is yeah. you know you you're one of many doing yeah. that so it's hard yeah. it definitely is it's a very saturated industry and people f- find their own way through this bloody music industry don't they and in, in in many different ways and people do tend to start from in the uh, in the home city maybe stay in the home city too long as well sometimes i think some artists True. and and don't try and venture out and get out of the comfort zone there's a lot of t- there's a lot to be said to get out of your comfort zone isn't there Mm, I think everything like the best things in life uh, happen when you put yourself Mm. out there and it might be uncomfortable for a little bit but you Mm. know all of my any opportunity I've ever had in music is from me um, hustling Mm. and it's not something that comes naturally to me or it didn't now it is Um, but yeah. No, I, I, I'll, I'll talk to you about the hustle and bustle of it all shortly. But uh, just, you know, before you got into music and stuff, like what, what were you like as a kid at school? I, I know you were shy and that kind of stuff, but getting yourself out of comfort zone so young, that's a massive step. Like mechanically, how did it feel when you, like your first few days of being out there in the big old world of co- college, how did you physically, mechanically, you know, just break that bubble a little bit? Um. Oh God, it was a long time ago okay, now. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I think I was excited. I think I was more excited about the course and everything. Mm. Um, and actually it was, it was, um, I had some co- comfort zones in there because um, turns out my old dance teacher from mm. uh, school ended up being my dance teacher at, at college. So okay. I still had a few people nice. um, that I kind of knew, but I think just being around other people that have the same kind of dreams and aspirations as you it's really inspiring. So um, you're not the only person wanting to be a superstar. There's lots uh, of other people uh, with the same dream. I guess that that helps. That's good. It's just putting yourself in a different surroundings, isn't it? So, but so at school before that stage, then were there, was it just people that were like, I don't know, destined to be to do other non-creative things, <laughs> and you were creative in the middle of that kind of stuff. No, there were a few, and and yeah. I started. I, I did like some singing lessons and stuff at, at school, but with the shy thing, you know, that they started doing like pantomimes at school, yeah. but I was just so shy that I would, yeah. wouldn't even audition. So no one really knew that I sang until, oh yeah, I did a school assembly um, when we were leaving. Yeah. Um, my singing teacher was like, you, you should sing a song. So I sang um, Goodbye My Lover by James Blunt. There we go. Tune. Nice. Um, and I remember singing that 
and I was terrified because no one had heard me sing before and then I was really sad because I was moving to college so that was an interesting experience singing that song and then crying (laughs) and then all of my you know when like the x factor when the person's leaving and they're doing their goodbye song and then all the (laughs) contestants come and join them and hug them yeah well, it was like that, but they didn't hug me. They just all hugged each other. So I was still left like crying on my own, not singing. <laughs> <laughs> when, when did you first realise you've got a voice in you then? Like even before that, before you like, you know, put um, yourself out there a bit? Yeah, I, I, because I, I literally started ballet from two years old, which yeah. is ridiculous. Um, and I did, <laughs> did you have the little from... shoes and stuff at two? Not the point shoes. Okay, that right, comes yeah. later. Right, okay, but, um, enough, that yeah, shows... some... <laughs> that's a reflection on me that the answer to that you're being stupid yeah go on <laughs> yeah your feet have to be like fully formed right, before okay, you can go on point right, shoes okay, um so with ballet i did um competitions and mm. i also did disco as well like freestyle dancing nice. Nice. hilarious now because i cannot dance <laughs> um and in in ballet competitions there were different um categories and there was a song and dance category um so I would always um take part in this song and dance so basically it's kind of what what it says on the tin you do a bit of singing and a bit of dancing um and I would nine times out of ten win that category so I I knew there was something there um and then I grew up listening to BBC Live Lounge Mm. you know when they would take a cover of a song and make it their own Um, before I write, uh, wrote my own songs, that's how I kind of found my voice mm. um, by covering other people's songs. And yeah, I just kind of, even when I went to uni to do performing arts, even though that was acting, dancing and all everything, mm. I always knew that I wanted to be a musician from, I don't know, probably the age of about 16. Yeah. So start, did you, when did you start thinking about doing it like publicly and, you know, finding that? how did you do it in fact forget that question how did you develop you okay. know writing your own stuff you know because that's that's a different thing and it you know you mentioned there that you're doing the live, live lounge stuff covering a few other you know your favorite people and trying to make a song your own did that develop quite quickly into writing your own stuff so when I was at uni um it was like my last year at uni when I started thinking right you need to start doing music and I would call myself a singer-songwriter and my friends would laugh at me because (laughs) I had never written a song so I really wasn't a (laughs) singer-songwriter but in my heart I was um and yeah I did lots of covers and I took part in a competition um called Open Mic UK um and that's when I was like right okay this is what I want to do and it wasn't till I had my first heartbreak classic that I wrote my first song um and then I think you have to have a certain amount of life experience to be able to write Mm. um so I started quite late to the game but um as soon as I wrote that first song and started performing it like open mics and stuff I was like oh okay this is it's one thing to I love singing I love performing but it's one thing doing covers and to be able to do your own songs live mm. is just unimaginable. It's, yeah. it's an amazing feeling. And it, was that in London when you started to do open mics? And was that a bit before that? Yeah. So I moved to London and uh, I just got a job in a coffee shop. Um, and then about six months, I, I moved to London to do music. Mm. And then obviously life happens. And I was like, okay, how do I actually do this? Was, that, was I, that to study music or just to be a musician? To be a musician. Right. In my head, I thought you had to be in London to do that. And 
yeah turns out you don't and i could have saved a lot of money <laughs> but uh, it worked for me and yeah. i started doing some open mics um uh, when i first moved here um so yeah that's kind of how i i started and then i started busking and so busking oh. was a massive it still is a massive part of um my career i guess yeah no, I, I love that yeah there's just a I'm stuttering today. I don't know what's up with me. The uh, just being in, it's early. <laughs> it is quite early, isn't it? For it's people really early. Uh, so yeah, you know, moving into London, that must be for me. Just even moving to London now would feel quite intimidating. Like so, as a as a young Lucy, did you move down on your own? I did. Yeah. Wow. Um, how do you acc- was... how do you acclimatize to that, or even know where to to you know it, everything's just so expensive down there? How do, how did you find somewhere to live and be able to afford and to eat and stuff? How, how did that all happen? Um, yeah, it was, well, to basically to live in London, you have to flat share. So I found okay. a flat, um, and I was, you know, it was, it was a pretty good deal at the time. This probably isn't to anyone listening who's yeah. not from London, but it was like 500 quid a month. Right. Um, so I was, yeah, I moved on my own. I got the job first at the coffee shop yeah. and then quickly found somewhere to live and was very lucky that the people that I lived with were really lovely. Mm. Um, I had a couple of friends in London, but, um, I actually have a song called you're not alone which is literally about how lonely london can be yeah um because i I remember the first morning i got there i was so excited and i I walked down the street and i said (laughs) oh good morning to someone (laughs) yeah okay oh my god if you've ever said good morning to a stranger in london they literally look at you like i will punch you in the face (laughs) um so you kind of yeah you climatize quite (laughs) quite quickly to putting your head down and not speaking to people but um yeah I I don't know it was it wasn't easy actually Mm. moving um to London it took me a a while to kind of find my feet and and start actually doing music and meeting like-minded people um but I really love I've lived here now for eight years so I really love living here Mm. I don't think it's going to be forever but I think um yeah, if I if I could do it again, I'd probably do exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, as a brand new artist, how do you how do you start to make waves in London in this big, oversaturated hub of creative people all looking to fulfil dreams <laughs> of being in the music industry and that kind of stuff? How do you like? How where do you start? Um, so I started busking. Mm. Um, I had a couple of friends um, who took part in this um, busking competition. Mm called the mayor of london's busking competition or something like that mm. gigs mm. the big big busk i don't know it was back when um when boris johnston actually was the mayor um and yeah so i took part in this competition where you basically <clears throat> busked for like votes and um rather than money which looking back I wish I had got money, but you know, um, it was That's a the nice music way. Industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pay to play. Yeah. Um, it was a nice kind of introduction into busking, where there was like these people around you, kind of looking out for you. Um, so there was like a like staff um, kind of supervising you whilst you did like a short set on on yeah. the underground things like that. Okay. And I got nowhere in the competition, but I just that's actually where I started meeting people and they were like oh are you a busker like full-time I was like is that a thing you can do Mm. um and the more I spoke to people they kind of said I think you'd be pretty good at this um so once the competition had ended I just bought all the gear um and then I started busking at Borough Market um there was like a uh, a pitch there and I went I just happened to be at the right place at the right time I said can I busk here and they said actually that 
we have we have like three resident buskers and mm. one of them's just left so oh, i managed to get that slot um every week and um so is that, is that is, like a, a a daily thing so can you do that yeah, every day I did when, it. once you've claimed your space can you do is that your space do you have set yes. times i don't know how that works the busking will uh, well that's a, yeah um i did tuesdays 12 till 2 yeah. um at the time mm-hmm. uh, every tuesday um but I, busking is a whole thing so now i have lots of different licenses um mm. to busk in london so i have an underground license and you book your slots two weeks in advance on an online booking system oh, okay. i have a, a you have to pay for them no but you have to audition right. um so they don't accept everyone oh okay and and then south bank center so by the london eye oh. same thing you have a license and you that's a queuing system it's a whole thing yeah um but busking it was amazing for me um i never dreamed of being a busker um but it allowed me to kind of well get better because I was new to new to guitar as well I only started um playing guitar the last year of uni um so that's quite late in the game again like I must have been 21 at the time um and uh yeah so it allowed me to kind of get better uh hone my craft Mm. uh, get better at guitar I would do all covers and then I'd maybe do like one original because at the time I only had probably one original and um, just built my confidence and uh yeah busking was was an in- amazing for me and you are promoting yourself every single day um so i just that's how i i built my fan base probably for the first four years or something was just um my whole fan base were people who saw me busking um it's changed a bit now but yeah. but still those those core fans are still there i suppose you still get like instant feedback as well don't you from it yeah, and 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 busking is an art form. Um, so you might do something busking that really works, and then you try and do that in a live setting in a gig like venue, and it and it won't. It's I see them as two really separate things. Like what? Um, like what what could you do busking that you couldn't do at a gig? Um, I think the chat. It, also, right. every busking pitch is different. Yeah. So I busk also at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and that's a whole thing on its own. Um, just the chat with the audience, trying to get them to come mm. come to you. So, like, if you have an audience at a gig, it's really easy to get them to sing. But if you ask strangers on a street to sing with you, uh, <laughs> okay, it's, it's a little bit harder. Yeah. But um, I mean, it has been done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's two very different things, and um, it is an art form for yeah. sure. No, I can imagine because yeah, when like when we put gigs on, and there's it, you tend to get people like stood towards the back, don't you? While it's filling filling up that kind of stuff, and you have to you have to guide people to come on, come a bit closer, so I, can't, I, I don't see this gap, and it it'll just be a nicer nicer space for everybody won't it when there's not that physical gap between you and the audience yes yeah i hate and i hate that because (laughs) i do the same thing if i walk into a gig i don't want to stand at the front yeah um but it makes such a difference from the artist like oh it's it's easy to get in your head but if you're looking out and all you can see is yes there might be loads of people around the end but you're Mm. just like i'm performing to a blank bit of uh, floor (laughs) So where would you where where would you um where do you think you are within the music industry at the minute then where where is where are you and where what's the next stage for you do you think So um 
my career's gone on such a journey. Mm. Um, so I started busking, and then um, I was actually discovered. I don't know if you if you know this, but I talk about it all the time. Okay. Um, I was actually discovered busking um, by Jeremy Vine. Oh wow! Um, five four years ago, five years ago, I think mm. actually, um, and that really kick-started my career because Mm. I ended up performing on BBC Radio 2, Mm. um, did a live session with him. And then off the back of that, I I went on tour with Wet, Wet, Wet. Um, My mum's favourite band, I Know Every Song. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're great. Um, yeah. People always always ask me what Marty Pello's like, but he's not in the band anymore. Did you know that? Yeah, I know. Uh, my mum goes to see him. It literally does everything Marty Pello. Whatever. I'm I'm taking her next year. He's doing an arena thing. So I've oh, already got okay. tickets next year for Manchester to see him. But wish him well. What a song. It is. Great song. And go. I knew all of them at the end. Yeah. I, did, I only knew a few when I started <laughs> that tour. Um, but yeah, so that kind of really kick-started my career mm. but that was just it was 2019 so just pre-covid and it felt like I was on this like nice. you know I was things were happening it was yeah. exciting and then covid hit and it yeah. felt like everything just had to start again after that yeah. um so it's really I mean you know what the music industry mm. is like it's very fickle and I think back in the day you would have had these make it moments um and that would be it like you can have you know something like that could just be like right she's off but you just got to keep going keep going because people will forget about you the next week um so yeah I started again I released uh an EP after COVID um and I went on tour with Texas um last year last year yeah um which was amazing um, Can I just rewind a little bit, just just to the Jeremy Vine thing a little bit? So, yeah. how, how did that physically? So, 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 did he just walk past and enjoyed your your performing and said, "Come on, Radio 2? Um, not <laughs> does, quite. Did, so okay, fair enough. I mentioned the hustle earlier, yes, right? Okay. So he, I actually didn't see him. So he tweeted, ah. um, saying, "I've just seen this amazing busker at Charing Cross Station." Ah. Um, can't remember her name, but yeah. it had Walker in it. Okay. Um, so then lots of people then tweeted him saying, I think that must be Lucy May Walker, oh. which thankfully it was. <laughs> and then that was it. And then I messaged him, slid into the DMs. So I was like, yeah. Jeremy, hi. Yeah. Um, I know me. you've got a BBC Legend Radio 2 show. <laughs> um, please, can I send you my music? Thinking, that you know, that's not really how it works, is it? Yeah. But um, yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, send it along. I thought nothing of it. And then he played um, one of my songs the next week on, um, was it Heartbreak Song? I think it was Heartbreak Song. Um, the next week on the radio and oh. told this story of how he'd seen me busking. Yeah. And um, the listeners were like loving the fact that he'd like discovered me. Yeah. So then I messaged him again and I was like, hi, Jeremy, me again. Yeah, hello. Um, I was just thinking um, <laughs> if you wanted me to come and do a live session or an interview, yeah. then like I'd be totally up for it. And um, he messaged back and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was thinking the same wow. thing. I'm sure he was not thinking <laughs> the same thing, but yeah. So um, I basically made that happen. Just wow. you've got it. These things are very rare. Yeah. I've been busking for four or five years before this happened. 
so when they happen you've got to milk it for all you've got and I am yeah. still milking it <laughs> no I, I love that because I do speak to a lot of artists that are sometimes cheeky with um, you know established you know big people in the industry and it can work I've seen I've seen it happen a few times you you've just got to go about it the right way aren't you I suppose there's a right way and a wrong way of doing it I suppose you know just just sending loads of the same message out to loads of people that's not really going to work there needs to be a there needs to be an angle there needs to be a reason for them to reply to you don't they I suppose yeah and the worst thing I think people are terrified and they're like oh no I can't do that and I'm like well what's literally the worst thing that can happen to you is they say no and most of the time they won't say no they'll just ignore you um and that's something I've I've really learned when if I look back to how shy I was you know god I would never do that 10 years ago but um you just if you want it like you have to make it happen yeah. for yourself people think these opportunities come to you they don't yeah. um you have to ask for them so, um politely yeah. always politely um there's a way of doing it like so many people have asked me to like support them have asked me to support them asked me if they can support me yeah. let me say that again yeah. so many people have <laughs> asked me if they can support me on a tour yeah and um I just, I just sometimes think, God, read your message back. Like, yeah. you don't even follow me. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you don't say, like. I think compliments go a long way. If you're going to mm. ask something, maybe just like compliment the person first. Like, oh my God, I love this. I love your yeah. music. I saw you live on this day. Um, I would love to support yeah. you. Blah blah blah. Like. Yeah. But I just get like these cold messages going, hey, can I support you? I'm like, yeah, that's not really going to happen, is it? We get those kind of submissions on the magazine. Loads of them. Just an email, yeah. a random email saying, uh, just a link to Spotify. Would love it if you could cover it. And that's it. I'm just like, no, it's not. It don't work you, that way, You've got to tell that person what they're going to like. Yeah. It's a two way thing. Yes. Yeah. you. Uh, what are they going to get out of, of you? Yeah. You're not just going to do them a favor for no reason, yeah. right? Just a random person, you know, I, I, I ain't got time to listen to every email that you get as well. It's a time thing, isn't it? You know, it's a 24 hour business, the music industry sometimes, isn't it? And you've got to keep yourself sane by not, <laughs> you've got to, you've got to have some personal time yourself as well, aren't you? Whenever, yes, <laughs> relatable. <laughs> so did, wet, wet, so wet, 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 then how did they contact you then? Was that straight after the Radio 2 thing? Um, so I did a charity gig with Graham Clark, who was the oh. bassist. Mm. Um, and I did. I supported him. He has uh, his own yeah. solo career. Um, and it was always in, I think they were had just announced their tour or something. And he always said, like, I'll put your name into the hat. Yeah. They have a, a hat. <laughs> I don't think it's an actual hat. Um, and, you know, basically they'll suggest people um, to support. And he'd said it the tour before, like, oh, I'll put your name in. And um, he actually told me, um, I was already going to be considered but I think it was him that told me it was um their kind of booking agent or whoever it was when I got that recognition of radio 2 they went right okay cool um and I'm pretty sure that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have have that success so um again hustle it was me it was all me (laughs) and And what what size theaters and gigs were, were those shows um a couple of thousand i think wow. um yeah real big uh change from busking yeah i can imagine um, so how, how did you react to that type of crowd being further away from you and um being brand new to you i suppose busking yeah. you get a lot of people that are brand new to you so you'll be used to that side of it but you know having thousands of people in front of you 
that, that are there to see a, a gig. How did you how, how did you manage that situation? Um, I know a lot of people don't like doing support gigs, but I actually love it. I love yeah. the challenge mm. of going out on stage to you know a couple of thousand people who have no idea who you are and mm. they are there to see the headliner. Yeah. Um. So. I think also the audience kind of the age of the, their audience um, was really respectful. Um, mm. So yes, they were there to see wet, 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 but it was in theaters where they're seated and they were, um, I don't know, I guess more uh, susceptible to hearing. Is that right? Is that the right word? I think so. I can imagine, I can imagine them now sat down with a little snacks and a pint before they kick in that, just all, res- all respectful. Just red wine. For, red wine. Was it? Well, yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and I just love the challenge and I think, you know, I was so excited to be there. So, um, so grateful for the opportunity. Um, and I just think, right, you've got half an hour Mm. to absolutely try and get every single person, um, walking out as a Lucy May Walker fan. And, um, they went really, really well. Um, I absolutely loved it. Um, so yeah, massive thank you to Wet 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 for that, that opportunity and, and Texas also. Yeah, Texas, tell us about that. That was last year. Um, that weirdly came, I think, from my from my old manager, mm. who was a booking agent. And I think because it was like two weeks um, before the gig, I got this message: "Hey, can you support Texas in Inverness in two weeks' time?" And maybe they couldn't find anyone who was crazy enough to travel twelve <laughs> yeah, hours. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a, it's but I was like, "Yep, yeah, here I, I go." Mean, so twelve hours it took yeah. to go up to Inverness um, to support them, and um, th- wow, that was five thousand people. Um, I don't know if five thousand were there for me, but you yeah. know, as in they didn't yeah. obviously didn't come for me, yeah. but they weren't all there for my set because obviously yeah. I'm, I'm there like doors, but. Um, god that was that was amazing um i think a really good match as well um kind of music wise and having two um you know frontliners women mm. um yeah those gigs are amazing so i did inverness and then i did sterling um so did they get you on one and then think this is working we'll get you on a few more type things i, know I think that's well. what happened right. yeah okay. um yeah it was that was amazing and i i wish I really would like a booking agent because um, yeah. I, I actually don't have one, which people are like, how did you get all these gigs? I'm like, it's just the hustle, baby. Because yeah. um, of that, I just, I, that is, oh, I love supporting other artists and stealing their fan base. Yeah. Did you chat much to Charlene? I actually didn't. Um, okay. I had a picture with her and she was very yeah. nice. Um, but yeah, I didn't actually get to, to chat to her. Um, one person I did support... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just bragging now. No, yeah, it's okay. Um, Tony Hadley. Oh, nice one. Uh, and he was really, uh, he chatted to me so yeah. much that his manager was telling him off because um, his meet and greet people who paid to Oh, they were waiting. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he just kept talking to me. Um, so, did, yeah, that was did he give you, Did he give you any words of gold? That's a rubbish joke as well. Very good. So, I do apologise. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking about, um, what were we talking about? Uh, uh we're talking about he has a vocal coach or something um and he was kind of i can't i think i was complaining about something um and then and then he was like oh you should speak to this person um which makes it sound like he was like oh you're awful here's something (laughs) it wasn't like that 
And then you mentioned, uh, you know, COVID happened. I've I've seen a lot of bands that signed, like even signed by major labels and COVID happened and it just kind of fell apart for them, uh, which is a real shame. So how how did you pick yourself up? You mentioned you brought a new EPR. Was it just as simple as dusting off the last couple of years and just cracking on again? Is that kind of what it was Um, like? I did a lot of live streaming. Yes. Yeah. Like the rest of the world, yeah. um, I think for me, I've I've always I've never had a backup plan. Yeah. Um, I think you're taught um, when you you know you're choosing careers and stuff like oh have this backup plan, yeah. safe option. I would actually say if you're passionate enough um, to want to make it work, sometimes not having a backup plan yeah. is the best thing because you just like no, I have to make this work. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the EP I released in 2020 and it, it flopped a little bit. One of the songs did pretty well, but the the EP was just like bad timing for me. Um, and then, and I did I I did that with a crowdfunder. So I have an amazing fan base who are very very generous and and really want to help me. I think they want to be a part of the journey. Yeah. Um, you know, believing in this person who was a busker that they saw on the street and nice. kind of being a part of it. Um, and yeah, when it, I was just thrilled when when the world started opening up because for me, like performing live is is well what I live for. Um, so as soon as I could do that again, it was uh, straight back out there. Um, and it was yeah, it was difficult going back, starting again. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I don't know. That time was maybe really good for a lot of things. Taking a break. Um, a lot of writing. I didn't really in no. lockdown. Yeah. I was not inspired. I'm, gl- I'm, I'm glad there wasn't like, a, you know, a million fucking lockdown albums that came out after. I was worried that there were going to be, you know, like people. No, yeah, I think there were a few, weren't there? Yeah, I've stayed away from all of them. I, can't, I don't want to hear about it again. Well, was it Taylor Swift who like released <laughs> like so much music and she was like, oh, I was writing every day. I'm like, oh yeah. my God. I did, the, yeah. if, the fact that I was getting out of bed was such <laughs> yeah. an achievement. Yeah, there you go. Um, so no, I was not inspired yeah. to write in in lockdown when the thing was happening. But um, but yeah, I started writing again and then released my debut album this year, so twenty twenty three. Wow! So um, so an, an album's a major achievement for anybody, isn't it? Just to get that off your chest, I suppose. It yeah, can, it, it can be like uh, when I when I speak to a lot of people that have just brought out an album. It's you're not a new artist anymore. You're kind of an established art, artist when you've had an album out, and it's like right I've got, I've got to even work harder now to make this album work and and start a new chapter because for some people you you know t- tell me if this is, relates to you but once you've done an album that's kind of a chapter in your life done and you move on to another one how how was that for you yeah um it's really interesting how the music industry moves so fast yeah. so I literally released my album in March and I do some interviews and the first question people will be like oh what's next I'm like no 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 I've just oh, released yeah. 10 songs of yeah. my debut album yeah. and I really wanted to take this year to celebrate that and mm. I don't want to just move on and forget it because, yeah. you know, it was a lot of money, it was a lot of time, it was just so much of my life yeah. gearing up to releasing this debut album. So I did um, I did a tour in April, full band tour, yeah. um, to promote the album and, and that was really uh, great to kind of, perform those songs live for the first time and then again people are like oh when's the next music coming I'm like no wait 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 
Um, and I've just um, come off the back of a, an 11 date solo acoustic tour. So my manager and I um, parted ways after the last tour, no kind of bad blood, blood yeah. there. It was just like, okay, uh, we've kind of done all we can for each other. Yeah. Um, and I think some artists would be like, oh, like panic, mm. you know, is this not going to work? But for me, it kind of spurred me on and I was like, right, let me get that passion again, that hustle that I had myself. Yeah. And I put on this tour completely uh, independently. So I don't have a manager, don't have a tour manager, don't have a booking agent, don't yeah. work with promoters. So I literally, I I did the whole thing, um, booked it myself. Uh, I was also, also, I'm exhausted, by the way. I was <laughs> also my... Um, it was one thing um, organizing the tour. I loved that part, yeah. um, but actually doing it physically. So I also was my own driver. I went on my the tour on my own, no band. Mm. Um, I was doing my own doors. Right. <laughs> um, I was doing my own merch, and then I was driving myself home. So um, a big, big achievement. Um, and I think now that album is it can now kind of live and i yeah. can move on and write some new yeah. stuff but um yeah. i'm really glad that i've i've uh, really kind of milked the album for yeah. a year good good so so all these different experiences with diff- different sized crowds buskers there in the world what made you to start start thinking about that you know gigs could be a nicer place to be sometimes yeah so i have been lucky i've done loads mm. of amazing gigs but I've also done really hard gigs yeah. where there's, you know, let's say, cause I'm, I'm really small level, but I'm don't normally play to 5,000 people with yeah. Texas. I'm playing club level grassroots music venues mm. um, to, you know, 200 capacity maximum. Yeah. Yeah. And in those small rooms, if, if there's anything kind of disrupt, disruptive happening, it can really distract me as the artist. So uh, an example, I was I was supporting uh, Wildwood Kin um, in Scunthorpe. And I remember, so I released a song on my album called The Hardest Goodbye, which mm. talks about baby loss, which is obviously really, mm. God, really d- difficult song to, to perform. And I only kind of do it at certain gigs, but I thought, right, this is the, I'm going to play this song. And before I play it, I'm introducing the song. And I talk, it was a song commission that I wrote for a couple of fans who had experienced miscarriage and baby um, and stillbirth. So I'm explaining this on stage. And it's, it's so difficult um, to even to do that, to get those words out without getting too emotional. And I'm doing it. And these like three drunk women uh, like front row were just like cackling away chatting and I was thinking right they're not going to stop and I cannot I cannot sing this song with people talking um it's that song in particular yeah. it's so it 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 deserves people to to listen for yeah. three minutes yeah. um so I called them out and I, but I kept doing it I kept going like sorry ladies you're being really quite quite chatty there's a bar yeah. upstairs but the problem is they're so they're so loud talking that they don't even hear you calling them yeah. out. Yeah. So 
that was one example. There's yeah. been many, but yeah. but you know, the majority of people in the room are are enjoying me, they're listening, and I can see them also getting annoyed mm. with two, three people who are ruining the gig for everyone else just yeah. by chatting. So when I put on this solo acoustic tour, um, I decided to um write out a list of kind of gig etiquette guidelines. Yeah. Um some might say rules, but it did say guidelines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And it was um, it was almost to give people a heads up as yeah. they're walking into the environment mm. to be like, this is what the artist expects from you as an audience member. Yeah. I, it's a two-way exchange. Yeah. I'm going to be giving you my all. I've put, like I said, I put this whole tour on myself. Mm. I put so much into this um, that all I want is though, you know, that hour, hour and a half to have a bit of mutual respect from the audience mm. um so i just said <laughs> no talk I, I put lots of things but the general I've, thing i've got it i've got it here go on go you on. tell says, me says, what did i say don't talk during the show my, yeah. my, my eyes are going says once the show starts please refrain from talking no matter how quiet you think you are i promise everybody around you will hear you including me and it's quite distracting uh wait till the interval it's completely fair enough it's 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 hard work though, isn't it? Because I, I, I've put I've put many gigs on myself personally, yeah. And I, I see it, and I, and people do people do call people in the audience out. But after a few beers and things, people are just out to enjoy themselves, not necessarily understanding the impact they're having on the surroundings as well, do they? And it can feel I don't know. Uh, it, it, you can't change people, and it's hard. It's hard. You, you can you can have the best in, in uh, best intentions with it with it all. I, I don't know if it, if if people won't read stuff as well, will they? Yeah, well, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It, it's really it's really difficult to to control a, a, a gig crowd when you don't know if they've had a hard week and they're just they've, they've had a few too many before the gig and they've just had a blowout. They're enjoying it with their friends and there's loads of different um, there's loads of different like parts of it, isn't there? That yeah, and it is difficult. It's really difficult to police it i guess yeah. is the word mm. um but i thought well at this at least if someone and you're right the people who are going to d- be disruptive probably won't read it yeah. but let's say because this was a really specific tour that i'm yes, talking sure. about it's yeah. it's a seated tour and it was really intimate rooms so mm. 30 people to 60 so tiny yeah. um so i just thought well if if maybe someone has turned up you know we're all there to have a good time, but it's some yeah. t- it's alcohol is often in, involved. Yeah. And if they're like, you know, there to maybe socialize with their friends and the music is an afterthought, mm. it's not really the gig for them. Like I want them to, I want people to go to music, um, to, to live music, to see live music. And I think so many people will go to a gig as like, a, oh, let's all catch up with my friends who yeah. I haven't seen for five years yeah. and let's use this gig as an excuse to do that yeah. please don't please go to the pub why are you coming to <laughs> yeah. my gig to yeah. have a catch up like yeah. and and people think that I'm you know this awful person who's trying yeah. to you know I want people to have fun yeah. um but I think also asking people to to shut up and listen to to some music for an hour shouldn't be a no. massive 
thing, but apparently it was very controversial. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. It's a right hullabaloo online, isn't it? Brilliant. How dare I ask I, that? I right enjoyed every minute of it, mate. Well done. Oh, mate. I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, I didn't. But, but, did, you, did you really not? Uh, oh, in, in fact, we'll come to it a bit. Let, let's let's go through them first, and then we'll talk about. Okay. Oh yeah. Bit. So, I have more rules. Yeah. No. The, no. The, the, the next bit is which I'm most passionate about. This bit is being in the moment. Okay. The, 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 being actually being in the moment at a gig. There's nothing better than being at whatever kind of show when you just when you just when you come round. Sometimes you just come round and thought, okay, now I'm, I'm, I've just been in a different space there for a bit. Just yeah. be, being in the moment at a gig is so precious and so enjoyable that. When people spoil that moment for other people, it's not on that, is it? Yeah, um, I think I'm I'm pretty lucky actually because my the the age of my fan base. Obviously, um, no disrespect to Radio Two or Wet Wet Wet, but when you, you when you perform on Radio Two yeah. and uh, support bands like Texas and Wet Wet Wet, you get a, a slightly yeah. older crowd, yes. let's say. Yes. Yes. Which is actually pretty good because most of those people grew up going to gigs without, mm. we didn't have phones. Yeah. So um, most people don't like film the whole thing, but you do yeah. get a few people who will literally like, uh, I'm looking out to the crowd mm. and they're like watching you, not even with their own eyes, they're watching you through their phone. And I just think if you just put that down, you would enjoy it so much more. There's not like... There's nothing better than looking out and seeing someone like connecting with your music. Yeah. Um, and you can't do that if you're filming it. Um, I, w- so. I wonder what percentage of people watch that footage back the next day. Oh, <laughs> I reckon never, it's 2% max. Yeah, <laughs> you don't. You uh, And I'm yeah. fine with people filming like yeah. a little clip. Um, I do it, of course, yeah. at gigs. And especially if, if my, my friends are playing, yeah. I'll almost kind of... I'll film them not for me it's yeah. for them to give them content to post and I love doing that but quite often you know I'm filming the thing myself so yeah. you don't have to do that to you don't need to do it for me yeah. um, I'm glad you uh you're with me on that one <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on I'm, I'm with I'm with it all in general it's just it, it's just it's just hard to police and it? it's it's asp- yeah. it's aspirational and and it's it's definitely a problem that's out there there um it's just you know how do you fix how do you fix humans sometimes? Well, you can try. That's the <laughs> yeah, thing. you can only, you can only try. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can try. Maybe if maybe because I've had a couple of comments saying, yeah. um, actually, I didn't even think about this angle, but they're like, oh, um, thanks so much. Like, I'm autistic and and yeah. I've I don't yeah. often go to gigs mm. and and I actually didn't realize that this is kind of the. That how I should behave so that's actually mm. really helpful for me oh, nice. so think things like that it's like oh actually people are finding it helpful and not patronizing yeah. they're like oh thanks so much now I know yeah so you know there's been a lot of positive things that have come out of it I'm on this podcast oh yeah well definitely yeah I, you know I, I saw it all about and the, the next rule on there the audience have not paid to see you which is which is true it might come across a little bit harsh but <laughs> It is true. Oh well. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's true, though, isn't it? You can't, you can't, you can't flower everything up in the world. You've got to be honest, and that's how you felt, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like sometimes it's like people are. You see, I see it. It's like, look at me. Like yeah. they'll like face the back, like put their back towards the artists and be like singing. <laughs> so the whole crowd will like look at them yeah. singing, and it's like, yeah. no, no, no. Like if you want to put your own concert on and yeah. sell tickets then yeah. please do um and i think i mentioned about singing along on that on that point yeah. so um 
I'm really fine with people singing mm. along. God, there's no better feeling yeah. um, than hearing an audience sing your own songs back at you, especially if you don't have to teach them yeah. it. Um, however, <laughs> uh, see, I've been pushed to get to this point. So I've okay. done so many, yeah, so no, many yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where there'll be like a couple of people who are like, maybe they want to impress you and, and they want you to see that they know your songs. Mm. So they will scream the lyrics at you so much that like everyone in the audience are like looking at them. Yeah. You're trying not to look at them because it's so distracting. I'm probably so out I of just... tune. Yes, it's always out <laughs> yes, of tune. Yes, yes, okay. it's all... That's my problem. If you're going to sing beautifully along, even harmonize with me, <laughs> yeah. lovely. If you're going to sing out, of tune, it's all the people that are like tone deaf and, yeah. and you're like, okay sing louder and they're they're like screaming you're like no 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 not you not you but you can't say that (laughs) and the last little bit that we'll just we'll finish off the etiquette bit here so just have an amazing time so yeah well said you know it's it's my favorite thing to do my favorite pastime too is, is live music and just being in and around that environment it just brings me personally so much joy and it's why it's what spurred on me creating this music magazine rgm after being a failed musician and just cracking on and just wanting to stay in the industry in my own little way um i don't like that you call yourself a failed musician people have said that but i still i still noodle every now and again and play on that but I, 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 the band split up years ago and i never sung in it or anything so i, I like I, I still pull the guitar out every now and again but i'm not but you're still a musician doesn't mean you fail yeah, okay fair enough fair enough yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I promised to uh, to pay my mum's mortgage off as a musician, and that didn't happen. Okay. Well, you might have failed at that. <laughs> yeah, but, uh... yeah, I, think that's, I think that's what I really mean. <laughs> There's no money in music. Yeah, I know. You I'm were stupid. never going to do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm still stupid now. So yeah. So so with these etiquette, then so so yeah. I saw it online, and I, st- I started to see it. You know, people sharing it and that kind of stuff. So when did you first like think? Ooh. Oh, I've touched a nerve here online. When, when did you start? Like, talk, talk, oh, talk, talk, talk me through that bit. This bit I'm fascinated with. So when I first posted it, I think yeah. obviously that it reached my audience yeah. who who know what I'm about and have yeah. seen me live before. So they were like, yes. Yeah. And maybe they've been annoyed at someone at one of my gigs. Mm. So they're like, oh, thank God someone's saying it. <laughs> and it was really positive. Yeah. And I knew it would cause a little bit yeah. of controversy. But not quite. But then it it kind of reached this audience who thought I was talking about all gigs. So it reached like the Harry Styles kind of crowd who were like, what? I'm not allowed to sing at a Harry Styles concert. I'm like, (laughs) no. I know, yes. It's getting out of context a bit. And and his crowd are a bit mental anyway, aren't they? I didn't say (laughs) And and that's not what people were like misquoting me. They were all like, "Oh, you can't! I can't believe she doesn't want people to sing." Yeah. I'm like, I literally read it again because I said, "Please do sing along." Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so it reached this. I think most of the argument was out of context. Yeah. Um, anyone that you know would was debating this with me was not like if if I if they sat down and had five. Co- five minute conversation with me about it they would probably agree with me um so it reached those people then it started reaching like moshers i don't know if that's where you kill them and they were like this is not gig etiquette oh what's a mosher (laughs) you know what like a heavy metal type of 
correct crowd. Yeah, right, so okay, they were they were saying, "Oh no, you've got this wrong. Gig etiquette is if someone falls over in the mosh pit, you help them out." And I'm like, "No, no, no, no one is moshing <laughs> right, yeah, right. to Lucy May Walker." Right, okay, so, so it's starting and, to get out of control now, isn't it? Basically, and it, well, the tweet reached 1.6 million wow. people. So, nice. um. I was getting a lot of hate, but um, it actually also, it was pretty good because it it meant that it was whittling out the people who would be disruptive. And they were like, oh, I'm never going to come to your concerts. I'm like, great. This is oh, okay. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. So, so, so it got, it got all this traction online. And then how did it, how did you end up getting on tally then in the morning? So, yeah, um, it yeah. actually... It was pretty early on. It was, it was definitely not even reached like half a million at this yeah. point. Um, Good Morning Britain uh, just emailed me saying, hey, Lucy, can we give you a call? I thought, oh, here, here we, we go. go. And um, yeah, they they said, oh, we'd love to for you to come on um, the TV and debate this. And I thought, yeah. well, okay. Uh, yeah. And it was, it was great for me because I was literally mid-tour and they said oh can you come on monday and that was my one day off so i I left one venue on the sunday night came back to london did the tv um, appearance on the monday morning and then i went up to manchester so it was great like bit of um promo for my Mm. tour and so i was like yeah yeah i'll come on and they're like right we're gonna get another guest on to debate um with you so they're gonna like disagree with your points and i thought they were gonna get um, like an audience, a gig goer yeah. who who would disagree with me, but they mm. said no, we're going to find an artist, yeah. and I thought, well, good luck because you're not going to find an artist who's going to tell you they love people talking. Yeah. But um, they did. They found <laughs> <one. laughs> yeah. So so I, I I watched it on the telly, and Rowetta uh, from the Happy Mondays, and she had her own solo here, and that that stuff was didn't agree with you at all, and didn't give you much opportunity to. It, it, it's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have a chat with you and have a long form chat about this because I don't feel um, it would you were fairly treating really. Uh, I think she did over talk you were quite a lot. I thought you were yeah, very. Thank I, thought, you. I thought you were very graceful. I thought you did the best that you could do in that kind of situation. She obviously had a different opinion on it, and she and from her opinion, from what I got it, I'm, I'm not speaking for her, but what from I t- what I took from it was you should have the talent and the power to be able to close those people down in the crowd. Um, yourself is it, have I got the right gist of that? Do you think is that was that? I don't, I don't yeah, like speaking for people. It was, that's just what I felt from it. It was uh, it was a really frustrating interview yeah. a debate debate. Yeah, because I I bet we basically kind of how it works a little bit behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, we kind of almost not script it, but we know each other's points. Right, and it went completely off that. Yeah. Um, so ended up feeling a bit of a, like a personal attack of, of me as a performer. Yeah. And um, she knew nothing about what I do live. Like mm. you speak to anyone who comes to see me live. Like that is what I'm best at. Um, I put on like a show, not just me singing yeah. songs. Like people were like, wow, this is like, it's half comedy, half yeah. music. It's like, we cry, we laugh, we have an amazing time. Mm. But that, that debate was almost like, you're rubbish. That's why no one's listening. I went, no, 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 you've no, that's yeah. not how it is. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was difficult um, because she just wouldn't let me speak. Yeah. So I had all these points that I wanted to make and I just couldn't get them out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good. Ex- uh, it was good, good 
PR for me, but it was yeah. uh, not a nice experience, and and I, I would never wish that on on anyone because it wasn't just on the TV; it was also backstage as well. Well, I was going to ask what what happened after the chat when the when the when the cameras went off. What 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 happened uh, after that? It wasn't afterwards; it was the before oh, okay. bit. Um, it was basically exactly what you saw on TV was happening in the makeup room, um, oh, which was horrible, yeah. but it prepared me. Um, for what it was going to be like uh, on live TV. Um, so I was prepared. And I think that's why I was just smiling because I was like, I can't believe that this is real. Mm. Um, it was it's just trying to talk over someone. I just, it's not, maybe I'm not meant for TV. I'm definitely not meant for that kind of um, environment. Um, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't know about that. You know, you, you you did hold your own. You were graceful. You you came across really well. I I thought I need to speak to Lucy. I, I know there's a, a, a deeper story in here. And I suppose I, I appreciate the graph that goes on at grassroots music i see it every day as well so i just thought there's a there's a there's a lass here that's just grafting she's been asked to come on telly about this what she sees in the real world that goes on in the music industry and she didn't quite get the chance to for it to come across the way that she wanted so that's why that's why i wanted to chat with you really that's how i felt about it oh thank you yeah i i had so many points that i wanted to make yeah. but i just i couldn't get a word in anyways yeah. um but, it, but if anything it kind of proved my point it was mm. like this is exactly um the kind of person who i wouldn't want at my at my shows because yeah. it's you know disruptive and um it almost proved my point um for yeah. me without me having to to say much yeah. so um i'm really proud of of I wish I could have made more points, but I'm really proud of how I kept my composure. And yeah. that's all the comments were like, whoa, Lucy, you, <laughs> know, yeah. how, how did you sit there and not yeah. cry? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, bless you, bless you. So, so yeah, just being, being on the telly and stuff. And then, so it must have helped the tour flog a few tickets. A few yeah, more extra did, fans, actually, more so. eyes on your music, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's mm. it's been pretty great for me. I yeah. unfortunately all the clips have been taken down now um oh. of, of the interview um for duty of care um not for me uh let's wow. just say that. Okay. Which well, is, is, a, is that just, the ITV guidelines they've viewed, viewed it and think it's not it's not suitable for I think, to be on I air think, anymore. I think it was the backlash that, that the other guest was getting um, right, okay. on on Twitter and everything. Right, okay. Um, which is a shame for me because it was, yeah. you know, a great bit of PR, but um, yeah. I still have the clip. So maybe I'll <laughs> okay, fair it. enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, I sold a few tickets. Uh, it was go. more of the Twitter thing than the TV thing, actually, because yeah. um, a guy came to Manchester and he'd never heard of me. Uh, mm. On the morning of the Manchester gig, he saw that tweet. You can, do you call them tweets anymore? X? Yeah. We can't yet. I'm going to call it a tweet. Yeah, I, I... Um, he saw the tweet in the morning and he was like, oh, I'm, I love this kind of thing and bought a ticket to my Manchester gig mm. and then it sold out. So five of my tour dates sold out completely. Mm. Um, and he was front row at the Manchester gig. He started the standing ovation. He bought a vinyl. Oh, so wow. um, it's reached the right people mm. um, and whittled out the people who shouldn't be coming to my gigs anyway. So yeah. Mm. Um, I, I'm thrilled. Well done, mate. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> proper, proper, like, it's just proper, like, getting yourself, again, it's getting yourself out of your comfort zone, isn't it? Putting stuff out there that you said yourself, using your own words, you know, it's, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to cause some ripples on the internet. Never really expecting it to do what it did. But yeah, what, that, but, it went crazy. Yeah. 
Brilliant. So, so looking back on the um, on the guidelines, then um, mm. would you change any of them now? Looking back on it, um, not really. Maybe no. maybe the sing alongy one. I think that was so specific mm. um, to certain people that come to see me, right. and and maybe I'd I don't know. I still think it's good to kind of mm. read that and go, oh, maybe I'm someone who does that at Lucy's gigs. And to yeah. be fair, the tour was absolutely amazing. If anything, people were terrified of me, <laughs> okay, um, which is great. That's how I <laughs> want them. You're yeah. going to behave? Whatever. Cool. So, no, I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't change it. Yeah. Um, and, it, yes, it blew up, yeah. but it got me a lot of <laughs> promotion. And, and maybe people will know my name now. And maybe yeah. people actually got loads of comments saying, I've actually stopped going to live gigs because of of um, the behaviour of people. Mm. So if this is the precedent that you're setting at your gigs, yeah. then maybe I'll, I'll come to one of yours. Nice. So um, I think that's amazing. Yeah. So um, yeah, don't regret it at all. Yeah. Well done, well done. So just moving on then, so you're off to South Korea tomorrow, you say? Oh God, yeah. What's yeah, all that yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> the tour has been the tour finished on sunday i did a gig last night and i just haven't had time to think about it i um i entered a busker's world cup um a few months ago Mm. and uh didn't expect anything from it and i got into it's not the finals there's different rounds once Mm. i'm there but um yeah so i'm being flown out to guanju well to seoul and then we go to guanju which is three and a half hours from from Mm. seoul um i'm there for about 10 days taking part in this competition um the buskers world cup i have no idea what to expect i'm just i'm honestly going you know when people enter a competition they're like no i'm not doing it for the competition (laughs) like i really truly am going for the life experience i would never um get the opportunity to go to south korea so um I'm going for that. I'm going to to meet lots of uh, other musicians, and um, if anything comes of it, then amazing. Um, I'm I'm excited. I can imagine. Yeah. Is there any other people that you know that's going out there from the busker community as well? Yeah, I'm really lucky. So nice. I've got a couple of friends. Um, my friend Freddie June is coming, and Daisy Chute, and I've got also um, a, a duo who I met busking at edinburgh fringe fest mm. from the states um nice. called the little the little things so um yeah i know some people which is going to be um it's going to make the experience even better because we're all getting the same flight and stuff so uh oh, yeah, I'm well excited i'd love to i'm planning to go to japan next year and i've never oh, visited I've, I've never visited that side of the world and i'm fascinated by it like korea and japan and uh, china Oh, mm. it's just it just feels like it's just going to be an alien world to me that I just want to get involved with and find out what it's all about yeah me too I'm a bit nervous about the food because I'm a bit yeah. of a picky eater, okay. but um oh let's see well there'll be good um Korean chicken at least I yeah. might just live off that <laughs> there you go there you go well good luck with the competition <laughs> mate are, are, you, are you are you in it to win it then or what no no a little, a little bit it would be nice because you there win money but okay, um, right. but no 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 I'm I'm I promise I'm I'm going okay. for the for the life experience um but if I do I'll let you know if I yeah, if mate. I do well oh nice well we'll share it all on your socials and um Lucy Bay Walker I've really enjoyed getting to know you and uh, learning about your journey in the music industry it's always fascinating uh your your, your journey sounds like it's just started really the graph starts now really I suppose and you push yourself oh. on and move on in the world and keep ruffling feathers I love it. 
Thanks so much. I will keep ruffling feathers. <laughs> thank you. Thanks so much welcome. for having thank, me. Thanks for that, mate. Nice one. Oh, thanks, Lucy. Good luck in Korea. What an amazing journey. You know, busking, grafting, being out there in the world. Put yourself out of your comfort zone. Doing things the right way. Selling out tours. Doing it all herself. She even does the door for her own gigs and merch. I know if I'm doing... Uh, running my own gigs that that's a job on its own god bless her you've got to love a grafter aren't you and it pays off hard work pays off so if you enjoyed the podcast ladies and gentlemen if you've got any thoughts or feelings on it you know we'd like to hear your voice too messages on the uh, rgm socials we'll get back to you if you need help and support you can watch the video on youtube as well as always ladies and gentlemen On to another week we go, and away. I've been watching Bob Mortimer's fishing programme. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thanks for joining us for another week here at the RGM Experience Podcast. We'll see you soon next week for another great episode. It's going to be John Windle from Little Man Tate's coming up next week, ladies and gentlemen. It's all, all recorded already, ready to go. It's a, a great chat as well. When I say great chat, I mean, it's not like, you know, it's fun, loads of information, back backstage stuff, all the kind of juicy stuff that you want to hear. So stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the RGM Experience Podcast with me, Carl Maloney. Toodaloo! Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page... Submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback, and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe, tell a friend about our show, and thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week.